Oh, back home. It's time for the news from Back Home Magazine. Today's news is about relieving minor pains and discomforts with acupressure. Lots of folks are familiar with acupuncture, that ancient practice of using fine, sharp, thin needles to pierce the skin in areas that can provide relief to other areas. Less well known is the practice of acupressure to relieve problems simply by pressing on certain areas or pressure points using just your fingers instead of needles. Acupressure probably began with a natural human tendency to massage a painful area. Medical practitioners well over a thousand years ago in China noticed that several areas on the body of a sick person were tender to the touch. These sensitive spots were scattered all over the body, and many weren't even close to the pain or the symptoms. The Chinese found that rubbing these spots often would relieve the pain and even help heal the patient. And so from here, the development of acupressure began. Over the centuries, 14 meridians in the body were identified. These meridians, or theoretical lines that run up and down the human body, include a number of sensitive spots called acupoints. According to Western medicine, there is no evidence that these meridians exist because no continuous nerves, muscles, or blood vessels are in alignment with the traditional acupressure meridians. These traditional meridians are said to connect the brain to internal organs and continue on to other parts of the body. For example, 12 of the meridians extend to the hands and the feet. The practice of acupressure says that pain or illness is caused by an obstructed meridian that inhibits the flow of life energy or life force, called qi, according to the Chinese language. When the obstruction is removed or is dissolved, the energy or qi again flows properly and everything functions normally. There are claims that properly applied pressure on the acupoints will release chemicals from the muscles, spinal cord and brain, and these chemicals then trigger the release of other hormones and chemicals, which in turn activate the body's own healing process. So while Western medicine can't prove that acupressure does work, it also can't prove that it doesn't work. The net result is that many people get at least some relief with acupressure for minor ailments, even if no one knows why. Since acupressure uses only your fingers and hands, about all you need to get started is a good book or a chart of the many acupoints in the areas that those points correspond to on the body. Most bookstores will have at least an introductory chart or book to help you learn some of the 400 or so acupoints along the meridians. The basic method is to apply pressure with the thumb or fingers for about 30 seconds up to about 4 minutes with a slow and rhythmic movement, increasing the pressure slowly until it just becomes uncomfortable and then hold that pressure for the last minute or so of the time period. One effective pressure point for general minor pain relief is to apply pressure on top of the webbing of skin that connects the thumb to the palm of your hands. 
Press with the thumb on the other hand for about two minutes, then repeat on the same hand. More information on acupressure is available from Back Home Magazine at 800-992-2546 or on the web at backhomemagazine.com. The news from Back Home is produced in cooperation with WNCW Spindale, North Carolina, with support from AirCheck Incorporated on the web at radon.com. Back Home is published bi-monthly in North Carolina, south of Hendersonville, on West Blue Ridge Road, just east of the old Flat Rock. For all the folks back home, I'm Ryan Doyle. Thanks for listening. You are listening to your community spirit. Are you ready for the end of the world? Listen to your community spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Let's bring back the circle again, the circle of friends, the circle of family, the circle of being. Wake up! Yeah, stretch and wake up. Yep. And be healthy and therefore wealthy in the peace and joy of Mother Earth. Listen to your community spirit. Well, here we are every Friday morning from 10 to 10.30 on your community radio station. Yes. This is your community spirit on your community radio station. And guess what? Coming up real soon is your community fun drive. Yes. So the goal this year is we will go until we get all the money, and which means if it goes like we did last fundraising, we will finish early. Uh, yes, you can help it finish early. Yeah, you can help the fundraising finish early. Yes. So, um, I was in Chicago at the beginning of this week, and I was complaining that, well, yeah, you know, I don't complain, whatever. I was complaining that I paid $3.84 for a gallon of gas. <laughs> and um, I had just picked up someone from France who was visiting for a week, and he whipped out his calculator and started doing some numbers and he came back to me in about three minutes he's like hey we pay about f almost eleven dollars a gallon uh, yeah that's a little bit more they pay a uh, hundred a dollar forty euro per liter and there's like five liters and he was just spamming him and then he's like and right now the you know the euro is really strong against the dollar and blah blah, blah. and then he was like yeah I don't want to hear you complain anymore. So, yeah. if anybody complains, I don't know, blame somebody else. Well. So, I, I look at this website pretty frequently that shows the price of oil. And pretty much every other day, it breaks a new record. Well. It hit $115. Yeah, it keeps so. going up. And I felt similarly uh, a similar reaction to the idea of, you know, uh, stopping the gas taxes for the summer. That sort of thing, like uh, you know, I I think those taxes are probably there for a reason. Well, they shouldn't. What they shouldn't do is subsidize it up front and then tax it again later. <laughs> yeah, they should not just not subsidize it directly up front. So, on your community spirit, every once in a while, people send us happenings. Yes. Now hmm. this happens to be Earth Month, and there are a lot of Earth Month activities. 
I know this because I have to tend to, well, drive to a lot of these Earth Month activities because everybody wants me to talk about solar. Who knows? Solar and the Earth kind of go together. <laughs> yeah. So um, we will get to some of our very local Earth happenings. But first, I think the best thing that happened this week was the Southern Illinois University at Carbondale, the students passed... Yeah, the green referendum. The green referendum. Mm -hmm. And what this is, is, from what I understand, well, first of all, big hurrah, hurrah, it's been like, I don't know, it seems like eight months. Yeah, it's been ages. They've been working really hard on this to get this passed. And it got it passed. Some people hype it up and say it's 75%, but it's 74.6% of the people said yes. Mm -hmm. So I don't want people inflating the numbers saying it was 75%. That's just like digging a little into it too much. Yeah. And what this is is um, it's a referendum that people will collect money to go towards energy efficiency and renewable energy. Yeah. Which creates this perpetual loop. You make, I mean, you put money towards energy efficiency and renewable energy, and it saves you money to take that money and put into more and it just creates this perpetual loop and, and yeah it's a snowball effect of the good kind yeah so eventually. all you gotta do is make a little snowball to start with and push it down that uh energy efficiency hill <laughs> <laughs> just all the dollar bills start accumulating yeah it's like a, a, a dollar bill snowball <laughs> all yeah. right i like that so. and it also helps the planet which I'm sure it's one of the big reasons why a lot of people were supporting it, too. It helps the people on the planet to do yeah, renewable like, energy and energy efficiency. Yeah, well, and um, SIU spends like $6 million a year on electricity or something like that. So putting a little bit of renewable energy and, you know, try to whittle off that $6 million a little bit, <laughs> Yeah, it might be a good thing. So, happenings. Happenings. Yes, we've got one coming up, uh, the show In Focus. That's on uh, WSIU uh, television. Uh, the next episode of it is coming up, uh, well, that's today, isn't it? Today at 9 p.m. And they're also showing a repeat of the same episode at uh, this Sunday at 12.30 p.m. And then the following Friday at 5 p.m. Why are they showing this so many times? Um, well, it's, it's an exciting episode, and it's very keyed into uh, Earth, Earth Month, Earth Week, Earth Day. It's uh, got... It's got information on the river-to-river -river relay and also on the energy bike. This energy bike, there's only 16 of them in the whole state. Only 16 of them in the whole state. And, I mean, um, Southern Illinois, I'm proud to say, has one of them in our state. Well, in our state. Our state of mind. And basically, this energy cycle, a bunch of uh, Boy Scouts were shown this energy cycle and... What happens is you pedal for your power. And so you hook up some incandescent bulbs and some compact fluorescent bulbs, and they can tell that, well, four compact fluorescent bulbs use less energy than one incandescent bulb. Yeah. Just based, well, there's meters and stuff, but it's more than that. They can just basically feel based on how hard it is to pedal. Yeah, because they can look at the, uh, the, um, you know, the lights themselves and watch as they pedal and, you know, they, they've got to watch the lights as they pedal to try to make it light up, and they see that one incandescent, and it's only glowing slightly, and they're like, come on, it's so hard. Why and there's a fan, too. Yeah. You can, you can pedal, and the faster you pedal, the faster the fan goes. 
So um, speaking of the energy cycle, the energy cycle will be um, all day today, if it's not raining, at um, Crab Orchard Earth Day event. And then it will be next Tuesday, the Geography Club is doing an Earth Day event, let's see, in Fainer Hall from 10.30 to 1.30. And they will be showcasing and giving... Um, well, giving away, as in they're selling at cost, compact fluorescent bulbs at a very good price. Yeah. Um, and the energy cycle will be there, so people can take turns jumping on and pedal for your power. Yeah, it's exciting stuff. And that is, er, actual Earth Day is next Tuesday. It's always the 22nd. And um, most of the Earth Day activities, of course, happen on the weekends. Yeah, either the weekend before or the weekend after. Right. But um, the Geography Club at SIU decided to have something actually on Earth Day. So. Yeah, because they're that dedicated to Earth Day. And um, there's only one day of the year that's technically the Earth's birthday. I want to know who had the, <laughs> the joy of, you know, tracking down the Earth's birthday. Yeah. And um, don't ask the Earth how old it is because, you know, it matters about evolution or not. I mean, <laughs> some people think it's only 10,000 years old. Other people think 15. Other people are, you know, millions and trillions of years old, yeah. you know. I think they must have done like they do with trees where they take like a, like a sample all the way to the center of the tree and pull it out and it count the rings. It doesn't matter. You don't <laughs> tell the, you don't say, Earth, Mama Earth, you are so old. <laughs> you don't talk like that. She's as old as her tongue and a little bit older than her teeth. Ooh. <laughs> so, um, celebrate the Earth's Day by, I don't know, what, what can we do special on Earth Day? Oh, especially if the weather holds up until then. You can go outside and enjoy, you know, the natural environment. The flowers everywhere. Yeah. I was gone for like four days and I came back and everything's green. All the flowers are blooming and I'm depressed. I mean, it's just <laughs> like... Everything is so happy looking. I'm like, I missed it. Yeah. <laughs> but it's still here. You know? It's still so here, yeah. I could enjoy it, but it, I didn't get this. It just like, it's, it just shows up. It's like, I don't know. Yeah, it was, it was actually pretty starkly noticeable to me, um, you know, because it was cold and rainy, and then over just a day or two, it changed. And as soon as it changed, like, everything got green. Like, it just knew that the warmth was coming, and it just, it just bloomed. <laughs> and it got scary there for a couple days, because it got almost to freezing. Yeah. And, I mean, people, you know, who have fruit trees and berries and stuff. I mean, last year, the peaches and the blueberries and the strawberries, they didn't get early crops because the freeze came and just wiped out the flowers. Yeah. Because, I mean, we're getting that because of um, that bipolar weather, <laughs> that climate change stuff. Yeah. We're getting earlier springs, and so they pop out, and but the spring isn't really there, so it still gets cold. Yeah. And so... This year, I think we're going to get over it and actually get some peaches. Yeah, so, that's what it looks like. I'm already salvating. <laughs> so, yeah, we're talking too much. Let's let's tell them about some happenings. Yes, let's see some other happenings. Um, uh, one thing, this is sort of sort of news and happenings, I guess. It's the Illinois Clean Car Act. Illinois has over nine million vehicles on its roads, and there is proposed legislation that can reduce the impact of these vehicles on our health and environment. The Illinois Clean Car Act would give Illinois the authority to require automakers to reduce tailpipe pollution by using clean technology in new cars, trucks, and SUVs. The cleaner technology is already available in your choice of vehicle with an, ac with an actual cost per vehicle of only a few hundred dollars, and you would recover 
your cost plus a bonus in gasoline savings. Once again, that whole uh, energy efficiency angle there. Get better mileage, get better savings. So uh, you can count the uh, the act. It's you know it's a good thing to improve air quality, and you can contact your uh, people in the Illinois uh, government to express your opinions on this. I personally think it sounds like a good idea, especially the breathing part. Yeah, I do. I'm, I've grown pretty fond of breathing. I do it like you know pretty regularly. So at least once a day. Yeah, at least once a day. Sometimes breathe, in, breathe out. Sometimes on even purpose. a dozen times a day. <laughs> you know, well, I do it on purpose at least once a day. Yeah. So, um, here's another way you can actually do the equivalent of getting cars off the road. If everybody switched one incandescent bulb to a compact fluorescent bulb, it would be the equivalent of taking a million cars off the road. Hmm. So, that's because. It uses so much less energy, and in the Midwest, our energy is predominantly produced um, using coal, and that yeah. spews pollutants in the air. So um, it's the equivalent of taking cars off the road because we use less energy. So yeah. Um, yeah, so I don't know what the equivalent, how many light bulbs you have to actually swap to take a car off the road. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they say if you do, if everybody in the... Um, I don't know if it's the world. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, so we might get back to you with the math on that, but it's definitely, you know, you could do both. You could support uh, the Clean Car Act, and you could get compact fluorescents, and that'll take a lot of there you go, a lot of carbon out of the air. <laughs> well, um, big issues on the big screen at the Big Muddy IMC. Do you know what IMC stands for? Yes, Independent Media Center. Independent Media Center. Every Friday. There's the Free Film Fridays. Now, you can pitch in some money to support the IMC, but it's still Free Film Fridays. Um, Today, Friday at 7 p.m. Ah, yes, 7 p.m. And um, it's just right down the road from the radio station. Today is pickaxe to stop proposed salvage logging. Citizens in Oregon are moved to blockade a road to keep the government out. After facing down a bulldozer and the state police, that's it, just the bulldozer and the state police, a developing community comes to protest ancient forests throughout the mountains of Oregon. So, save the forests. Yes, so learn all about uh, saving the forests and community building in Oregon. And then Uh, next week, um, next Friday, the film is called King Corn. A feature documentary about two friends, one acre of corn, and the subsidized crop that drives our fast food nation. The film showing will be followed by a discussion led by local food activists who will share their knowledge and some locally grown food for those attending. Yes. Yeah, that sounds exciting. We did something similar, um, I think, about a year ago. I'm pretty sure it was for End of Suburbia. It was for another film related to... uh, Because at some point I've heard the King Corn is going to talk about you know, uh, biofuels and the relationship to uh, eating all of our, f- putting all of our food in the gas tank rather than eating it. So, yes, the Film Friday is every Friday at the IMC. Exciting stuff. So, let's see. Another happening. Ah, this is a, no- this is a annual event that we always take care to mention. It's the uh, Spring Cleanup. Uh, They're having the uh, 21st Spring Cleanup and Recycling Day, on tomorrow, that's April 19th, the annual community-wide 
Litter cleanup begins at 8 a.m. and officially ends at 12 p.m. It officially ends, but doesn't mean you have to stop cleaning up. Yeah, if you want to keep cleaning up litter, you can go for as long as you like. Nobody's going to stop you. <laughs> Volunteers who want to participate in this event will need to first register their group and gather supplies, including bags and gloves, at Turley Park. That's near the Murdale Shopping Center on the west side of Carbondale. The day will conclude with free T-shirts and lunch for all volunteers. Ooh, that sounds exciting. So for more information on that, you can email keepcb at midwest.net or you can give them a call at 618-525-5525. And um, speaking of picking up uh, trash and recycling, um, I was talking to some people about the longest walk. It's the 30th anniversary of the original Longest Walk, and what the Longest Walk is and was was um, Native American or Indians got together and, well, marched to Washington to have their voices heard. And Longest Walk 2, the 30th anniversary walk, is now walking across the nation. And in the process, they actually have a northern route and a southern route, and they're actually, well, picking up trash along the road. They're very organized. They have crews of people walking along the road. They pick up the trash, put it in bags, and then they have a you know a vehicle behind picking up the bags, and of course also providing you know drinks and snacks for the walkers, and they're walking across the country. They will be in our area. Let's see, approximately May first in Kansas City, and um, there will be a powwow at Cahokia Mounds um, May tenth. So. Um, and it's very interesting for me because I was actually on it. I was three years old. Ah, you were uh, on the the first one? The first one. Uh-huh. Me, my parents, my great-great-grandfather, and uh, my little sister. She had just been born. So, yeah. Well, she was like six months old. But So um, I actually went to the website and was flipping through the pictures, and I came across like two pictures of my great-great-grandfather. <laughs> so it's like I don't really have many of him. So yeah. So, well, let's get the one news story. Yes. <laughs> okay, let's see. Uh, jolly good time. Oh, yeah, this is our climate change news and Bush news, all wrapped up in one. <laughs> British Prime Minister chats, with, chats about climate with Bush. British Prime Minister Gordon Brown was in Washington, D.C. Thursday to sit down for a chit-chat with President Bush. Brown told press that he and Bush, quote, agreed we must work internationally to secure progress at the G8 and toward a post-Kyoto deal on climate change. Post, 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 yes, post, post, post-Kyoto. Post <laughs> He's <laughs> waiting as long as possible after Kyoto. <laughs> I mean, it's been more than 10 years. Yeah. So I guess the rest of the quote, I look forward to continuing to work with President Bush and his administration in taking it forward. Uh, taking what forward remains to be seen, as Bush's recent climate speech has no specifics. Well, he actually said that they want to eliminate greenhouse gas emissions by 2025, I think is what he said. But it didn't say how or why or... I thought it was just that it was to eliminate growth in emissions. Oh. (laughs) See? I'm already like, you know... They probably spun it on you. (laughs) I'm already spinning it. You know, Mm -hmm. I did it on my own, probably. Yeah. So, back to the news. Yes, to the news, uh... Brown also mentioned Britain's hesitation to go forward full force with biofuels, noting, quote, We've got to get it absolutely right that we're dealing with the environment issue 
as well as dealing with the problem of increased production of food. The Prime Minister also met with Bush's three viable successors uh, in alphabetical order by first name, so as not to show any bias, <laughs> and says he is, quote, absolutely confident that through working with any of them, we could rise to the great challenge of the future. Straight to the source, Washington Post, Associated Press, and The Guardian. Um, I guess he's a little bit more confident about that fact than I am, but the irreplaceable hey, optimism. I mean, to be a politician, you have to be an optimist. Yeah. I mean, otherwise, you would have to actually do things. <laughs> you know, if you're an optimist, you're like, oh, it'll work itself out. Yeah. I'm, I'm confident that there are plenty of American people who are committed to taking action on climate change. So therefore, you know, they can maybe induce some of the politicians to follow along. Well, have you ever seen the list of cities who've signed the Kyoto Agreement? Oh, yeah. It's, I, I couldn't read it. I saw Al Gore just did a new slideshow that he created, and he, he showed the list of cities, and it just flew by. Like, you couldn't read them all because there were so many. Well, have you seen the list of nonprofits who work for social and environmental justice? No, I haven't seen yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, they've, I've, I've, I'm, I'll have to try to remember the website where it's, it starts the scrolling, yeah. and they say if you continue to watch it, it's like a month. <laughs> that I mean, it just it scrolls by, and it's it's just fast enough that you can read like three on each page. But there's like you know four hundred on the page. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, we're going to play our favorite song. Yes, this I is a uh, David Rovick song. Um, oh yes, it's called uh, "Kiss Behind the Barricades," and it's uh, it's um, we he just came to town recently, and it's. Uh, uh, he didn't actually get to play this one, but I, since he didn't get to play it, we're making up for that fact by playing it a couple times, because it's a really good one. <laughs> when the world has gone crazy, and it's all becoming clear, when they're gunning down our comrades, and it seems the end is near, as they're loading up the launchers for the tear gas grenades, we can take off our bandanas and kiss behind the barricades when it's madness all around and you can see this at a glance we will sing and we will cry we will laugh and we will dance as they shout their marching orders beneath the helicopter blades we shall seize the moment for a kiss behind the barricades. They will try to break our spirit, and at times they may succeed, but our love for the world is stronger than their greed. When the building is surrounded and hope begins to fade, in my final hour, a kiss behind the barricades. As the movement grows, there will be hills and bends, but at the center of the struggle are your lovers and your friends. And the more we hold each other up, the less we can be swayed. Here's to love and solidarity and a kiss behind the barricades. 